Hi everyone, welcome back to Bradley Radio. This episode is one that I recorded, <laughs> as with a lot of these recently, um, a long time ago. But this one was June last year, so June 2018. And this one is with my mum, Eileen Bradley. So I've been wanting to sit down and record a podcast with my mum for a long time because both my mum and my dad's upbringing just absolutely fascinates me because they were both, uh, well, my mum was born post-war in 46 and I've been just fascinated with what life must have been like then. I mean, difficult the early years, but sort of in the 50s and the 60s, um, what what was the world like? What was your daily routines, you know? So I wanted to pick up brains, basically. And for the beginning of this episode, I, it's in, I am embarrassed. It is embarrassing because I struggle so much with dates. <laughs> and I didn't realise that I struggled so much with dates and maths and working things out, which is funny because mum is very good at maths. And we talk about that in this podcast i am not very good with maths and with dates and it's like i said quite frankly embarrassing when i was listening back to this um and i make it all unnecessarily complicated (laughs) so if you could get past all that um i hope you find this episode uh enjoyable because i wanted to pick her brains like i said about her early years her upbringing and I mean, it's, I just think it's incredible what my mum's mum went through, um, the struggles, the stresses that they had growing up uh, in East London, basically what it was like in a post-war world. So I hope you enjoy. So what's one of the, let's start with, what's one of the, I don't say the earliest, but what's one of the earliest memories that you have I think the doesn't have to be the earliest, but because I think that's impossible to remember. But like one of the earliest things you remember, probably going to school for the first time in uh, infant school. So that would have been like four. It's quite young. Um. Three or four? Years ago, I'm not sure if it would have been as early as four. I think it would have probably been five. Oh, right. And the fact that school was literally in a cul-de-sac at the end of the road meant that I was probably taken there, although mum might have had to have been at work by eight o'clock, in which case maybe my grandmother took me. So did you? was it a school or was it just... What was this, what did the school look like compared to a school now? Was it small? Um, it would have been one building with an infant school and a junior school within it, but must have been segregated. Yeah, they wouldn't have had little ones. Yeah, mixing with the older ones, and we probably would have left school a little bit earlier than the juniors. So this would have been, what, 1951? Early 50s? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Late. Born in 46, yeah. 51. 51. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, only, I only say I remember it insofar as 
I remember coming home from school and nobody being in. But I can't say I actually remember the classroom as early as five. No. Or being fretful that mum wasn't there kind of thing. Because I think with mum being at work and having to go to work from the age of three that I was Mm. would have been that... um, she wasn't around anyway during the day. It would have been grandmother that would have been looking after me. What? How old was your grandmother at the time? Would you? That's reckon? a good question. Um, Do you know when she had your mum? Well, mum was one of thirteen. <gasps> oh my god! So there obviously were young, younger children and older children. So she was in the middle. She wasn't a, a young, the oldest. I don't her. think she was the youngest um, or the or the oldest. She was somewhere in the middle because I seem to remember uncles being older than her. But mm. then her sister Doris, who she was very close to, she was thirteen years younger. Wow! So your grandmother gave birth to thirteen children over years. Yes. Years and years. Yes, and um, I have got um, my grandmother's birth certificate, I think, somewhere. I'll have to look that up. What was your grandmother's name? Kate. Oh, that's a pretty name. Kate Simmons. That's quite... uh, I thought Kate was a relatively modern name, but Kate... I mean, your grandmother would have been born what, in the late 1800s. No, no, not late eighty. Early, early nineteen hundreds, wouldn't she? Well, my mum, my mum was born in nineteen o four. Oh yeah, so she, so you're wow. Okay, I'm trying to date this back. So nineteen o four says forty seven years from when she was looking after you, taking you to school, right? Forty-seven yeah. years later, she was taking. Yeah, you my to mum was forty-two when she had me. Yeah, so it's forty-seven years. Yeah. Forty-seven years difference. That so forty-seven years plus. If your grandmother had her, so your mother must have been in her six mid sixties if she had her around twenties twenty to thirty. That if your yes, grandmother yes. had your mum, yes, I don't think grandmother was working. No, to be honest with you, I don't know where her income came from. Because we were living in her rented house, which presumably she had income to pay for the rent because uh, I think Granddad had died. Yeah, really? I was going. I was just going to ask yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think... Did you I ever only, know him? You never met no, him? No, I don't remember Granddad at all on my, my mum's side and I never ever met my granddad or grandmother on my your dad's side on my dad's side well your dad as we know here your granddad on your dad's side he died in war wasn't it wasn't this the this the guy or was that your grand that was my dad's dad yeah he died in the war in the first world war isn't that right because this letter is to your great-grandfather to say that you're yes <laughs> it's Take, confusing isn't it it's very confusing i remember that yeah your so your dad's dad yes he 
he died when he was 13. Yeah. So your your dad lost his dad at 13. Yeah. Um, so your dad's mum, you've no idea where no. she went. No. Because she, she might have been around the same age as your grandmother. Yeah, you see, your um, the only relative on my dad's side was Emma, mm. who... Sister, your dad's who sister. Who was his dad's, yeah, dad's sister, and she had Desmond, mm. which is the only family on my dad's side that I can recall ever meeting up with. Mm. But if your mum is one of 13... Yes. Where's the other 12 aunts and uncles? Where scattered, were they? Scattered. Um, a lot of them did live in London. One of them, I think, moved up to Peterborough. But a lot of them were sort of greater London area, scattered around, presumably. They obviously didn't, like, they obviously didn't keep a lot of contact with your mum. Surprisingly, some of them did. I have got a list of all of the aunts and uncles' names that was typed out years ago on an old typewriter that's got black and red wow. as the keys hit on hit the tape. It's black and red. So I've I've got a lot of, I believe, addresses as well attached to them. Where they used to live? Yes. So historically there could be a way of finding who they are and I've got obviously a lot of cousins around because you can imagine how many children they would have had yeah between them so if you if you get 13 and they all had a couple of kids well yeah we've I, I've got a lot of cousins and that's from nine yes. imagine third another four yes. lots of families yes that's a lot um it's weird that you've got you've you've got aunts and uncles potentially somewhere out there still. I think probably most of them have gone now, because you know my my mum, if she was the middle of a family born in nineteen o four, she would have been a hundred and oh, I suppose fourteen had she lived. <laughs> and there was one thirteen youngers youngest years younger, so. Potentially, there could be a hundred and one. There could be an aunt or uncle out there that's a hundred and one. I can't imagine there's any <laughs> aunts and uncles around now because Doris died after my mum, obviously. Right. Um, but I can't imagine there'd be any aunts and uncles around. So if if my mum had me when she was forty two, then I probably am one of the younger cousins mm. and everyone else especially with the older brothers and sisters would probably be gone now as well how crazy when your mum had you were you born out of wedlock no my mum was married for 13 years really before she had me they'd been trying for 13 years really and Mum only got pregnant after Dad came back from the war. So, so that abstinence period. <laughs> <laughs> he suddenly was, was so fertile. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously had a few more sperm. I was going to say, yeah, it made him fertile. 
So your your dad wasn't called wasn't in the war before he was called up for the war. Like he, what did he do for for years before he went to war? He was a driver with the Port of London Authority, post office van driver. That was his job. Oh right. As far as I know, that was his job. That's what Mum had always told me. He did. I don't know that he had another job. I've got details of when Dad died. Obviously, I've got his death certificate. So, what did he do in the war? He was in the army. Again, I've got paperwork, um, probably in probably the, in the metal box there that um, said what he did. But whether it, he was restricted because of, I don't know, medical reasons. I don't know. He wore glasses. I don't think that would have affected you. No. As a soldier. So he would have died in 1943, if you were three. Yes. So he he had been... No, 1949. I was born in 1946. Oh, yeah. So he died in 1949. Died when I was three, so he must yeah, have died three when three years I was after. Mm. 1949. What did he die of? Uh, he had uh, tuberculosis, TB, which... Um, we think probably was a result of being in the trenches in damp and right the kind of conditions that a lot of soldiers had to put up with. Because he would have been healthy up till that point, right? I'd imagine so, yeah, it would have been okay. So if your mum was 42, did you say? Yeah, when she had me. How old would, was your dad? Um, he died when he was 47, I think. I think he was only 47 years when he died. So, um, again, I've got details on the certificates, His, uh, you know, when he was born. Do you, know, do you know anything about them? Do you know how they met or anything like that? The only thing I can remember was mum telling me that she used to walk down a street where dad used to be waiting. So I'm not sure whether he was waiting for a lift with somebody to go to work. I don't know, the, I can't remember anyway, circumstances, but I think they used to see each other, like, in passing. Yeah. So I would imagine that one day, you know, they might have got chatting or whatever. So I don't really know that's, a lot about that. That's crazy because, yeah, you, if you trail it all back, like, they would have met in the 30s and then they got married. Mm. So when did your did your mum and dad have a house? Like when you were you born in a house with just them two, or were your mum and dad living with your grandmother? No, um, I started to look through the paperwork in the box, and I discovered that some of the paperwork indicated that my dad was actually living in Ilford, in Balfour Road, and Balfour Road is where his sister Emma lived. So it's possible that his sister was married to her husband and they'd bought this house in Balfour Road. But I don't know how dad, my dad, got to live in a property in Balfour Road. But that's, you know, what I'm kind of piecing together now with um, all the information that I've got. But when mum and dad got married, I think they must have rented this 
uh, house as 186 Sheringham Avenue, which was East Ham, because I was born in East Ham Hospital. Right. So they must have rented and lived in this house, um, obviously before the war. And we also had a dog, and I think her name was Sally. I think that was the dog's name that we had. But how the transition from Dad being in Balfour Road and Mum... I don't know where Mum was living, actually. I know that Two Apsley Road was where her mum lived, my grandmother lived, and where we eventually moved to after Dad died. But I don't know whether Mum would have been still living with her mum. Before she bought the, rented the house. Before with... she got married to my dad and they moved in to Sheringham Avenue. I don't know. That's a bit of a mystery. So when your dad died, you moved. your mum took you and moved in with your grandmother, I guess, because... There wasn't, yeah, there money. wasn't um, in those days any um, council offerings or any financial means. It was a case of... If you could get a job, you had to go to work. Or if you if you had a child, then it would be a case of um, moving into the... I uh, can't remember what they called it now. Workhouse, I think it was. You had to move into a workhouse. And mum didn't want to do that because I wouldn't have been with any family. And she would have had to have moved into the workhouse as well. I don't know if the jobs were in the workhouse or whether you were allowed to go outside, but... Mum was a seamstress, so she took a, a job um, in a factory, and I'm not sure whether it was Railbrook that she started at when I was around. And she probably would have worked anyway with Dad being in the army. She would mm. have done some kind of work during the war. So unless it was anything else, she would have been doing sewing and... Obviously, she had to approach her mum to say, can we come and live with you? Hmm. Which might have explained why probably grandmother was grumpy a lot of the time. <laughs> because she would have been, as you said, in her 60s. Yeah. And um, probably knowing that she was not allowed to have anybody else living with her because it would, I think it was oh, pri right. privately rented. So... She, she, I think, don't think she was really allowed to have anybody there um, because we were evicted later. But um, I don't know who evicted us. If it wasn't the council, it would have been a private landlord. Yeah. But um, you were the, said you were there for 10 years. Yeah, it was 13. I was 13 when we were both eventually evicted, taken to court. Well, yeah. And all, all the... Um, furniture that we had had to go in storage the local council um, couldn't provide us with local housing so we were um, told that we'd have to live in what they called a halfway house which was just one room in a very big building uh, with shared toilet bathroom and kitchen facilities so they did have some option for you they didn't just put you out on the street no, no, I think we were fortunate that they had got this halfway house and we had to wait there, live there for a couple of years before we had an opportunity to be offered other accommodation 
um, council accommodation, uh, you know, sort of our own place, if you like. So a couple of years is quite a long time to be living in a room with you and your mum. It was. It was a bit of a strain for mum because she had to pay for the storage of the furniture that we couldn't put in and we were literally living in one room, so it was... How big was the room? Uh, the room was quite big. It was big enough for a double bed because we had to share a bed. Mm. So it was big enough for a, a double bed and we had a, a table to dine at and we had a radio. So you uh, were 13? Yes, 13. And um, again, it was in the same area. We were still in Walthamstow. I had a bike that I was able to travel on to get to school. Mum used to either walk or bus or... So your mum's now, what, 40, uh, 55? 13 years, if she had you when you were 42. So your mum's in her mid-50s. Yes. And your grandmother's 10 years older. We both had bikes. I remember that because I remember at 13, I persuaded mum to go on a bike ride to South End. Yeah, I remember. And that was the actual day that she had her first... Um, experience of palpitations right and she insisted on not going to the hospital because we were part way just on our journey out uh, from Walthamstow we were at um, Whips Cross and I said look mum there's a hospital there if you don't feel well we can go she said no she was adamant Um, I think fearful about being either kept in hospital or not being able to work because if she couldn't work, she couldn't support us. Mm. So what were the options then? I really don't know. There wasn't the kind of social help that people get them, get now that, you know, was, I don't think anything like that around then. So anyway, she recovered from this uh, experience of palpitations and we carried on and did the bike ride to South End and back, but it really was far too far for her to go at that age on a bike. And we came back in the dark, and that, to me, was extremely scary hmm. because you've got cars whizzing by you and you've you've just got a little red light at the back because these were old-fashioned bikes, bear in mind. There was no yeah. high visibility. There were no crash helmets or anything, so I was really pleased to get home. So it was a bit of a wild experience. Were there other people living? So there were other people living in all these other rooms in the halfway house. Yes. Was that f- not fun? Fun? Was that interesting? Because you must have known people in the same building. Yeah. No, there was a few pretty um, awful people that lived there. Um, one thing we we did know somebody on. We were on the upper floor in a front room and. Uh, people underneath us um, used to go out in the morning and find there was toilet paper and things that had obviously been done in a bucket just thrown out on the front garden. Oh, no. Um, so, no, some of the Doesn't people sound were very great. nice. Um, sharing a bathroom and a toilet is pretty awkward anyway with, you know, strangers, I think. I'm not sure whether there was any sort of timings worked out. You know, you can use the bathroom to bath Mm. here and I can't remember all the details and again we're sharing a kitchen for two years that must it was a long time I can't imagine like the the strain that must have put on 
like it's a real test of kind mm. of a relationship you know with your mum and stuff like that I know you were yeah. young but like this, yeah this is where my um my bear called hug me came into it yeah that was a great comfort and um mum used to tell me bedtime stories get me off to sleep that's nice were you close like you must have been uh, to go through all of this you must have been properly close mm. yeah you're getting emotional thinking about it i i didn't mean to like be prying about it it's just no it's just uh how it was and when you get older <laughs> you get a bit more emotional yeah i mean it's i think it's just so amazing what you can like go through and experience it only when you look back and you compare it to now how tough we would find that but at the time just did it well it's like the weather isn't it I and mean, in those days everything was a coal fire so you couldn't sometimes go out on your bike because it was so foggy you had to walk and you couldn't see more than a couple of feet in front of you, you your hand used to disappear and it was only on feel Whoa. that you would get around you know, the, you know because, because of the smoke yeah there was no central heating you know um fires in those days were fires they were log fires and coal fires and it wasn't smokeless fuel mm. um so it was a tilly lamp or an oil lamp of some sort that you used to keep warm with. And, uh, yeah, we used to have lots of foggy days. Because this is, uh, I think everyone has that picture of what London must have been like. Yeah. Uh, industrial and all of this kind of thing, especially East London. Mm. But you were living it. So yeah. what it was East London as people would stereotypically view it, smoky, industrial, working class. Um, well, this area of East London that we lived in, Walthamstow, um, wasn't that industrial that I can recall. Uh, obviously, there was a few factories, but not the factories that would emit hmm. smoke. Uh, they weren't producing things like the factory that mum worked for that was obviously sewing machines and mm. uh, they were electric whereas um, the sewing machine that we had at home was what they called uh, a treadle machine so mm. you worked it with your feet but it wasn't it it wasn't rural it was just like um, a town that you might view Ramsgate or or Broadstairs and there there was good and bad parts of that and with the market place that was like a the high street was like a mile long and the schools that I went to were at the at the bottom end when I was 13 I obviously was into a secondary school then so it was quite a long bike ride and it was downhill on the way um and then of course, uphill on the way home uphill on the way home yeah and uh some days I was um if I wasn't on the bike and I was walking, and that might have been because it wasn't good biking weather, I used to find that uh, my maths teacher, who 
was a very tall man in a very small mini, <laughs> used to sometimes spot me and uh, offer to take me the rest of the way because it was quite a long walk oh, wow. to, the, to the school from there, which is probably something that wouldn't happen today, but in those days it was just, you know, kindness. The school knew of my mum's situation anyway, so they were always very thoughtful and understanding of of the setup. But there's pro- there was probably quite a few people like that. Yeah. But um, no, it was uh, a tough time because we were studying obviously for GCSEs, mm. going you know on from thirteen to fifteen. At school, generally, throughout those the years that you were with your grandmother and stuff, and learning at school, do you do you remember much about that, like school life before, like secondary school? Do you remember enjoying I don't remember, it? Yeah, I don't remember too much about um, junior school. I must admit, and infant school, but the secondary school, I do have uh, more memories of doing PE and netball and uh, studying and the, and the classrooms and the teachers and favourite teachers and the subjects. Yeah, I remember certainly a lot more um, from from secondary school time. What did you enjoy? Like, did you enjoy school? Or did you... Yeah, mostly did. Mostly did. I, I used to like... Um, Maths and English, I always did quite well at maths and English and I took my GCSE in English a year earlier than the sort of recommended time. I really? Get, yeah, I was advised to try for it a year early and I did get it. So what passed. did you do What did you do in the year that everyone else was doing it? <laughs> <laughs> I was, suppose I was doing all the other GCSEs. So because did you still go to the class or did you not need to? Oh, I think I think you just carried on with the class, but yeah, I didn't have to take the exam. That's um, pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, all the other exams went well. I got five GCSEs in all. Hmm. And at that point, you'd moved because you'd got your accommodation. Yes, yes, I used to travel from a different direction then to to school. Where did you travel? Where did you move to? Was it? House or flat? It was a flat in um, a block of flats that was on an estate, and the estate was called Priory Court, and we had flat number 310. There weren't any ground floor flats. They were All the flats were on stilts, and there was five floors. Wow. So we were on the, if you like, I don't know whether you'd describe it as the first floor because the ground floor, there wasn't any, so... Yeah, probably, yeah. There wasn't anybody underneath us except the storage bin area. So you were the the lowest... Yeah, we we didn't go up, which was useful because we had um, a very heavy cast-iron ringer, which is what you used to use, put your clothes through by hand when you used to wash them. Yeah. We we had one of those for a short time. I think Mum sold it. Is that because you had to take it up and downstairs, or, or just transporting it? To um, the flat? I don't think we had room for it in the flat, and I seem to remember it being outside the flat on on the concrete stairs. But I think eventually we must have put it into the 
bin place underneath. Yeah. And I think it must have been sold quite quickly because we, we just couldn't use it. We, I think it was more modern then to have a spin dryer. Oh, I see. <laughs> so um, I don't even remember how we used to wash. I think I think we had a boiler and a spin dryer. And otherwise it was hand wash because it was very, very small flat. It was two bedrooms, a very small, narrow, long kitchen and a, a little balcony from that. And we had a living room and um, a bathroom and toilet. It, it must have felt like a serious upgrade, though, from what you were used yeah, to. Yeah, even mum was a little bit reluctant um, to go into council housing and... She'd rejected a couple of places that she didn't like, I think because of where they were, and I can't remember where they were. But I was of an age when I, I said to mum, look, mum, it, it was, it's going to be like a little, um, a little village, if you like, because they, they did have a laundry, and we probably that's probably what we did. We took our stuff over to the laundry that was too big or cumbersome. And uh, they had a shop over there as well. Um, and a sort of a green area where children could play ball games or whatever. I'm not sure if they had a community centre, but there there was a lot of blocks of flats. And I persuaded her in the end to, you know, say yes to this one because I think this was like the third offer that the council gave us. And I thought, well, if we don't take this one up, we're not going to have anywhere to live. Because I think in the end they would have just run out. So um, that's what we did. We wound up there. It must have been good. Like, good for you, though, because it must have felt like you got a bit of space. Yes, it was nice. I must admit it, it was... And out of living of that place where there was other people and stuff, mm. you must have felt so much um, more isolated, like to your own little. Yeah, it was nice, place. and uh, we were able to um, get ourselves some new furniture and live more comfortably. And I eventually, obviously, left school and I I got a job at the local council, which was only fifteen twenty minute walk away. So. Wow. That worked out quite well and obviously then it was extra money that come mum come in for mum and I so we were able to then uh get a telephone. So we you know were pleased with that. I think uh, how old was mum then? So she would have been 42 52 62. So I think mum mum worked until she was 65. So, you know, for that period of time, we had uh, extra money coming in mm. and uh, um, we were more comfortable. Is this still in Walthamstow? Yes, this is still in Walthamstow and her sister Doris, who we were very close to, she lived um, around the corner in Millfield Avenue, so she was only 10 minutes away. Uh, so that was nice because, you know, they'd always been close and as kids... When we lived in Apsley Road, we used to visit them every Friday, and Friday was pocket money day when we used to get threepence, as we called it. Yeah. Three pence. And Doris had uh, three sons Leslie, John, just trying to remember the other boy's name. I can't remember what it was now. But. Um, so, did you get pocket money from them or from um, your mum? No, from my mum. 
I used to get a few pennies and we used to go round every Friday and mum and her sister Doris used to um, take it in turns and perm each other's hair. Um, and, and then they'd have a, a gin and orange drink, yeah. which they enjoyed. And we used to just uh, put our skates on, our roller skates, and uh, go rolling down the hill because it was it was in a the, the sweet shop was in a, like a dip. Yeah. So we used to roll down the hill and uh, go in the sweet shop and spend all our money in one go and come yeah. back. And <laughs> sweets were gone in next to no time. <laughs> That's the typical child mentality. That's yeah, what but they, do. Uh, they used to play cards. It was generally a fun, a fun evening. Was that just when you were living around the corner, or did you see them every Friday before that? I think Friday was a regular thing for quite a few years. It didn't happen when. Oh, I can't remember what age. Because we used to go then at one point when we were living in Apsa Row because there was always a little bit of upset with mum's mum, my grandmother, and there was lots of rows and arguments. And eventually we moved into the top part of the house. And it, I only twigged it that we used to go to see Des and Barbara, uh, not Des and Barbara, um, Emma and Des in Ilford to actually ease the arguments and upsets that mum mum and grandmother used to have mm. by going round I, th- I think we must have traveled sometimes on a friday and have two nights there and come back on the sunday or we used to travel on a sunday a saturday and stay over because mum otherwise would have been at work monday to friday so mm. saturdays and the weekends were always a bit difficult your mum had a tough job like trying to manage the the mum and everything like that. Oh yeah, no, mum had enough money to help grandmother out because I remember there was a big argument over stair carpet. I think, and I wouldn't know the ins and outs of it. I was too young, but I remember that there was um, lots of arguments, and mum was saying, "Well, I've helped out, you know, and I've bought, you know, some stair carpet." Uh, whether they just didn't get on or what, I really don't know. Or maybe it was because I was only very young when I moved in there at three with a um, a sixty-year-old lady that you know had had thirteen children and probably, probably lived a life. Lived, yeah, <laughs> didn't want it all over again. Yeah, which is understandable. What was the, when you were growing up? What was the world like? Like, what? How was it different? Like compared to now? Like the 50s, because obviously you yeah. experienced mostly the 50s. You would have probably had some memories of. Yeah, well, obviously, after the war, there was all the rationing that everybody had to go through. So I do remember mum saving up coupons to take to a shop to get something that, you know, you could only get every now and again with enough coupons. Um, what did you eat on a day-to-day basis, though? Did you have enough money just to... Like, you know, we're spoiled with the amount of food that we can eat here. Oh, well, it's a completely different setup because there, obviously there were no supermarkets. They were just dedicated grocers, green grocers, um, and butchers and bakers. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, it was, you know, a very basic living. So it was like meat and two veg or stews and soups and 
all very nourishing stuff because everything was cooked from scratch. There wasn't any ready-made food available unless you went to a fish and chip shop or you had um, jelly deals and, you know, other things that you could get that saveloys and things like that, saveloys Mm. and peas pudding, you used to get them ready-prepared. But the fish and chip shop vans used to come around and used to have rag and bone men's Men come around. Um, Rag and bones men, what are they? Well, that was if you had old clothes, you used to get so much weighed and you'd be given money accordingly to pay for it. Or anything that you wanted to get rid of, um, you know, they were happy to take it off your hands. (laughs) So you could earn money, you could get a bit of money to help yeah, if, if you, you had if stuff you, to get rid of. If you had stuff to get rid of, yeah, there wasn't sort of the local council. You didn't used to come around and collect and you used to pay to collect, but they uh, used to have anything, I suppose, basically, that you didn't want. You'd have the rag and bone man came. What did you, when you um, were living with your grandmother and stuff, What if you went back in the evening, what would your grandmother cook? Would your mum cook? What would you have to din- to eat every day? Um, I don't think grandmother used to do any cooking um, as such. I think I don't remember my grandmother cooking anything. So I can only think that mum used to cook. Probably grandmother used to have something. To be honest with you, my mind doesn't record anything regard that. You know, I remember mum used to do the basic meals for us. Do you remember a thing that your mum used to cook that you used to really enjoy? Well, we on the weekend, I suppose, because at school you could have a cooked dinner. I think it was probably free if you didn't have in, enough income. But I, I think I always remember school dinners because I used to have a meal during the day. I probably only had tea at tea time, you know, a sandwich and a cake or something on toast. But it was the weekends and then we were at... Emma's and Des's, so I, I do remember food from there. We used to uh, we used to have cockles for tea, but we used to have uh, mince mashed potato and peas for dinner. I remember mixing that all in a big heap, yeah, which obviously didn't go down too well. Um, <laughs> I used to do that with mince and dumplings, though, didn't I? Sometimes I would yes. mi- mi- mash it all together. Yes, it tasted nice that way, but yeah. uh, it wasn't really meant to. But I've got fond memories of those weekends because we used to listen to the radio and the usual programs of the of the day. Um, it's good that your your auntie on your dad's side, Emma, and your mum got along so well. Yes, they they always did get along quite well. Um, what about Emma's husband? Yeah, the only thing I remember about him, I, I don't remember much contact with him because I remember mum saying to me one day that he wasn't too well and it wasn't long after that that he passed Hmm. and I was probably quite young at the time I don't I don't really know um what age I was when we used to go over I've got photos taken in the garden Emma's garden Emma's garden I don't know how old I was then whether there's anything on the back of the photos or not to indicate I'm not sure I was probably about 10 10 or 11 I wonder like I think I was thinking when you were talking about mashing up your food and stuff, like whether there was any discipline needed 
in those days like nowadays you know you discipline your child blah 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 there's troublemakers at school and all these kinds of things but back then it must have been quite different because post-war was were children needing were there any naughty children with it did you need to be disciplined i just think you must have just been you yeah, know what I mean? I think it, there was a different. lot more freedom in those days. We used to be allowed to go out to the park when we when we were young, I suppose eight, nine and ten. We used to go to the park, used to play games in the street because it was quite safe. It was a cul-de-sac, so there wasn't any through traffic. Mm. So we used to play ball games up against the wall. And, you know, if you were told that you've got to be in for a certain time for tea, then you were called basically you know somebody would come shout out, out shout out and say come on so and so time to come in so you know if in the end all your mates are gone you just went home anyway and obviously there was a t- proper time for bed and getting up and you know it was like you have to be at school you have to wear a school uniform you have to be good and follow what the teachers say teachers were quite strict i was going to say other uh, children uh, was it still the cane and all of that kind of thing oh there there was always a ruler that you could be tapped with yeah on the hand or whatever or they used to tap the ruler hard on the desk really so yes uh, you know it was it was you know a case of children being seen and not heard hmm. a lot of the time so you you didn't get you know you obeyed the grown-ups yeah, it must have been a lot of respect. Yeah, and it was still a time after the war, um, it, it was still a time where I remember doing little errands for uh, people in the street when I was old enough and you used to uh, get a halfpenny tip for going, if you like, and you used to, you know, somebody would call over, oh, would you would you go around the shop and get me uh, a loaf of bread or something? It's just and a stranger, just... So, no, it'd be neighbours. Oh, neighbours. Yeah, neighbours in the street that you knew. Yeah. Not that well, but you, you know, were familiar with them, that they, they would ask you to go and get shopping for them. And because the high street was literally around the corner, literally like walking from here in York Street, just around the corner to Tesco's kind of thing, you, you used to just do an errand. And if there was a little bit of change and you were lucky, you got a little bit of the change. Yeah. Given to Is that you. why you do it? Because you think, oh, maybe there'll be a little bit of something left. Well, it was a bit of encouragement, but you knew you were doing something for somebody. And that was the reward. The giving bit was the reward. But if you got a bit to go around to the sweet shop and spend on a few sweets, yeah, you'd be absolutely delighted. <laughs> it was like in your hand. And then there was literally a. a a sweet shop just a few yards away. So you go, so straight, you go straight to the sweet shop and buy sweets. What did you used to get from the sweet shop? What would be like well, it, the things that you would expect to see in there? You were, you were able to buy a blackjack or one of those. Um, yeah. I can't remember the fruit fruit salads. That's yeah. it. But you could you could just buy a couple of fruit salads and a flapjack for half penny or something, or you you get um, a sherbet dip. Yeah. Or, or um, what they used to call tobacco, which was like coconut covered in chocolate, and it was like stringy, so it was like tobacco, looked stringy like tobacco. <laughs> um, so yeah, or a gobstopper. You can All buy, the same, like you can I buy mean, a the tobacco not so much, but they, you know, they had the cigarette, sh- the candies yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, cigarette candies you could buy. Yeah, yeah, it's not really changed. <laughs> 
Sugar no. still wins with a child, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, th- I think because of the war and there wasn't, you know, anything around that you you could create, you know, sort of sweets and puddings. There, there just wasn't that eggs and stuff around. So um, it was all a bit limited. So it was a real treat to have something like that. Amazing. Well, I, I think I'll stop there for this one, but... Yeah. That's really been really interesting. Thanks. Good. So that's the end of the podcast that I recorded with Mum. I when I ended it, I knew that this would be a part one when I when we first sat down, I knew it would be a part one. And I knew I wanted to do more. But I felt that sort of I even though listening back to it, I felt like we were only just getting started. Um we were getting on a roll and then I stopped it. <laughs> so we're gonna sit down and we're gonna do another one and I want to continue with um, what happened next and how she met my dad and sort of her life after that so I hope you enjoyed this episode if you did get in touch with me I'll put a link to my Instagram in the description and stay tuned for more episodes coming soon